Hello and welcome to episode 47 of Finding My Voice. I'm not updating as frequently as I used to and that it's going to be like that sometimes. And I will explain kind of why it is this time because it's it's related to the topic. I'm not going to make this whole thing. Sorry for not updating, blah, 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 blah. Uh, I'm going to update when, you know, I have something to say. Um, but this time it's actually relevant. It's been... A rough couple of weeks for a couple of reasons, but mainly um, the the uh, newest tirade of transphobia from Swedish state-funded television. They've done this before. They've had uh, documentaries, quote-unquote documentaries, about trans people that have been very transphobic, very one-sided, and full of misleading propaganda, and they've left important facts out in order to spin their narrative. They, in the first time, they even went as far as speaking about a trans man. They spoke to his estranged mother who hated him and all trans people about him and presented all of the, the those things as facts without even talking to the trans man in question or his doctor. And that's the level here. They don't care about facts. They are the new Fox News. And they are state-funded. And now there's been like four or five of these. The latest one was even more blatant. It followed a couple of articles a couple of months ago where parents of trans children who ended their own lives because they couldn't stand waiting in the queue for, for trans care. And yeah, most of them will wait until they're 18 where... Okay, sorry. I'm. 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 Uh, is this too raw? I'm not gonna. You probably heard my phone there. That's just gonna be way of life right now. <laughs> um, but yeah, like um, children, most children who seek trans care today will never get it. They will stand in the queue until they're eighteen. Then they have to step back to be in the back of the queue for adults. Um, and I've spoken before how horrible this is because they have a chance to to never go through the wrong puberty. But in Sweden, they are robbed of this chance. And it's heartbreaking because they could be spared all that pain. And Sweden does not want to spare them of the pain. They want them to have the pain. Uh, and uh, this new quote-unquote documentary series is led by a famous anti-trans grifter, by the way, a trans person who's also anti-trans, that's what a grifter is, kind of. In this context, um, they speak about the scandal that even though Sweden tried to stop all children from having trans care, 44 have had trans care since then, which is a ridiculously low number. Um, most most don't get it at all, and they end their lives because of it. Now, this documentary follows not, um, not decrying the things that led to children committing suicide, they are trying to prevent the only thing that could have stopped it. Can you imagine having the nerve to tell a parent of a dead child that you want to ban the one thing that could have saved them? That's what they're doing. Full pedal to the metal. And they hide the fact that uh, puberty blockers work for trans children, and 98% who go on puberty blockers, go on to full hormone replacement ther therapy, which is like dream numbers. It's the dream to have success numbers that high in, in any medical field. 
But they don't care. They don't want trans people to have the care they need. They want us gone. They quote, they even have um, a segment with Helen Joyce, who's famous for saying the existence of trans people, happy or not, is a problem for a sane world and our numbers must be reduced. Slightly paraphrasing, I don't have the quote in front of me, but that's what she said. The numbers reduced. Reducing the number of a specific population. What is that called exactly, do you think? Also, she has said that uh, trans people are a cultural disease uh, brought on by George Soros. So yeah, we are a Jewish conspiracy now too. And this is the person they use as an expert. This is Swedish state-funded television picking anyone that'll hate on trans people for them. Speaking to no actual trans people except for grifters. Um, and just just uh, spreading lies. They say that there's no evidence for the benefits of uh, hormone blockers for trans children. This is completely false. The World Health Organization and uh, WPATH are all very clear on the benefits of this and they recommend it to reduce suicide. And the risks they love to uh, hold up is, uh, like for instance, brittle bone disease is something that can happen. Oh, no, not disease, but yeah, I think of brittle bones. If you're on puberty blockers for too long without getting a replacement hormone, the thing is, you are not meant to have those uh, blockers for too long. You are meant to have them to buy time to so you can suss out if you need hormone replacement therapy or not. So... The hormone blockers are only dangerous if you misuse them, which it has in common with every other medicine on the planet. But they don't care. They want to tell the Swedish population that um, puberty blockers are dangerous for kids. It's better that no one gets them. Even though they know full well that getting puberty blockers um, reduces the... um, the, the suicide attempts by half in trans youth. But they don't care. They have an agenda, and that is to reduce our number, just like the woman they quoted, Helen Joyce. They don't want us in their world. They want us out of it. State-funded television wants us gone. And that has been something that has been very hard to swallow. There are a few silver linings here. Oh, gosh. Um, one thing is, this this has happened before, but now things are actually starting to happen. I don't know what the result is going to be, um, but media from both the left and the right, well, we don't really have a left media. Uh, we have a right-wing media and a slightly less right-wing media. Um, and then, well, of course, we have the alt-right but both the 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 right wing media and the not so right wing media are actually coming out and criticizing Swedish television for this quite harshly actually someone called them an orgy orgy of of misleading propaganda um uh, and it is and it's very touching to see uh media outlets that are usually very conservative actually putting the foot down saying nope this is way too far <laughs> And can you imagine how far they have to go for for a right-wing publication to tell them they've gone too transphobic? It's actually quite amazing to watch. Now, I've seen some defense from Swedish television saying, oh, we have to show both sides, which is not true. You don't have to show both sides when one side is a lie. <laughs> but, and I don't know what's going to land. I don't think, like, an apology is not going to cut it now because they've been doing this for years. And they the, they cannot claim that it's, 
they they made a mistake or incompetence. No, this leaving out actual facts was a decision they made. It was not a mistake. They wanted to spin a narrative, and it was on purpose. They have to come clean with people running the show, had an agenda, and they let it happen. It was not a goof. It was deliberate. And any excuse or apology that tries to hide that fact will not be accepted, not by me at least. That, will just, that, that just means they're going to go back into the shadows and try to scheme another plan to get rid of us. Now, we need to be clear about this. Following the tragedy of kids' suicides, you went off on a documentary series trying to stop the only thing that could have, that could have saved them, not lifting up these suicide attempts as a problem, rather the fact that they existed in the first place is the problem. We're a cultural disease. Another thing that's been completely debunked from every academical instance. But no, Swedish television, no, that's what they left. Complete and utter anti-trans propaganda. But I'm okay. Not always okay. I do cry a couple of times a day over this. But I'm okay. I have my role-playing games. I have my LARPing. And I have my friends. I have wonderful friends uh, who accept me. And uh, I hang out with them. I play games with them. I party with them. And when I meet them... They greet me and they are kind to me and that makes me smile and I see them smile because they see me smile and it's just incredibly wonderful. So I am very lucky in that I have people around me that help me through this. But I know not ev- not everyone have that, especially the children who are the target of this documentary series. Some of them are in the closet. And they're just watching state-funded television scream about how horrible their existence is. And this needs to stop. Had all this happened before I came out and I was still alone, I don't know if I could have go through it. I don't know if I... This is hard. This is very, very hard. And... A lot of people have it worse than me. But everyone around me, everyone, if you've ever been kind to it, to anyone, you know, non-normative and made them feel welcome, uh, thank you. And it's not only, you know, directly to people you know are non-normative. It's important that everyone radiate an acceptance when you speak to people that you're pretty sure are cis heteronormative make make it known that you do not you do not accept bigotry because a bigot who spreads their bigotry around normative people and isn't opposed they will assume everything is fine and a lot of people around them will hear that and go oh this is the way we're supposed to be now uh, yeah uh so like I've said before, there are no silent allies, and I have a lot of friends who are wonderfully loud. <laughs> uh, not going to be much roleplay talk today, except for the fact that roleplaying games helped me through a lot. It helped me explore my identity in a safe space. 
And even now, it's escapism. It's how, well, of course, my friends, even if we weren't role playing, I'd still have a good time with them and feel accepted. But being able to role play a lot and just escaping this horrifying world that I'm living in right now is worth so much. And I think we can consider, I, I know there's a big debate on Session Zero, the benefits of Session Zero. Some people are against it. And as I said before, I do not understand being against the Session Zero. And he, here's another reason. We, a lot of us, play role-playing games to escape from something terrible. And when we do, we really don't want to escape from the terrible thing into the same terrible thing. If you're escaping a trauma, you don't want that trauma to happen in the game world unless you're doing a, like, own it kind of thing. But then that's a specific thing. Then that should be the topic of the Session Zero. So remember, uh, some people are sometimes going through things, even if they don't tell you directly and specifically. And we need to care about each other. We have to. Who else will? I'm sorry there's not much roleplay talk this time. I'll, <laughs> I will, my next episode, I will be all about roleplay, all about the roleplays. And today, I actually have two games two games coming up. I have a quick game of Fate. I just recently started playing Fate, and I love it. It's fun. It's very narrative, which is what I like. And after that, I am going to uh, the, the LARP that I started before summer. The Vampire LARP, where I play a very... Newly embraced Nosferatu. And I guess I'll update you on that next time. It's going to be amazing. I love the first session and I'm going to love the second session. I'm sure of it. I just went um, sh uh, makeup shopping for the LARP. Uh, you know, Nosferatu has to look a specific way. The last time I got to borrow the, the makeup from a friend. Um, and this time I bought my own for a hundred bucks. So... It's expensive to girl. Yeah, well, this isn't just girls. This is this is this is LARP stuff. But I had to make that joke somewhere. Haha. <laughs> anyway, um, I have got to get ready for all the things today. It's nice to get back to recording these, um, even though it's been a few heavy weeks. I think I should have recorded. I feel better after getting it out there. You know, so. You know what? I'm not going to end there. I want to say one more thing. I'm not going to mention any names, but I recently found out something very touching. It's not roleplay based, but roleplay adjacent. I have a friend who's a drama teacher who also went to the same acting school as I did. And we talk a lot. He writes books. He translates books. And I think he's working on a book too. He's really into acting theory and he's fascinated by my roleplaying and the fact that I roleplay the same way I act. So we talk a lot about that. And one of his students uh, is right now um, treated like non-binary, uh, AMAB, assigned male at birth, uh, but isn't sure what pronoun they want to use. So they're using the Swedish version of they, them at the moment. Uh, he's talking to me about what to make of it. How, do, how will my friend help them explore themselves is it possible that they might be a binary trans girl? Or are they a non-binary or even a gender fluid? Um, so what do you do? 
well, how do you help them explore this? And I did, I told them, like, role-playing helped me, theater helped me. Even if I played a male character in theater, I still it was some kind of escape. But playing female characters on stage or role-playing, that's where I felt right. That's where I felt good. I felt safe and I felt me, even if it was a character. And uh, he said that this person has difficulty concentrating on things. Very hard student to work with. And I said, yeah, I was, I've been kind of the same. And I think a lot of trans people have this. It's, for me, it was a result of my dysphoria. Like every, like I was constantly uh, in discomfort because of my dysphoria. And no headspace was comfortable, which means my brain didn't want to focus on any one thing for too long. You had to move on something different because everything was getting uncomfortable because everything was dysphoric for me. Um, and and if this is what this person is experiencing, maybe try what I did. When I play female characters in role-playing and in on the stage, that difficulty to concentrate went away. Because I didn't feel like I had to escape anything while I felt like myself. And he said he would try that with his student. Suggest that they play uh, female characters in drama exercises and in little dramatic pieces. And I just got a message saying it worked. The student played a woman on stage and... The difficulties focusing and the difficulties concentrating were just gone. And that felt like a big victory. Like, and I said, you should be proud of yourself. Like, you, this helped in more ways than you know. I've never met the person in question. I think I'd like to now. I'm, I'm invested now. <laughs> but it's just so beautiful. Like, someone that troubled gets to explore themselves around people who all respect them and and respect their exploration. It's beautiful, and this time, just like it did for me, it worked. And when something like that works, pay attention. This is not a fluke. This is not a phase. This is people finding themselves. And unfortunately, right now, living in a gov- under a government that hates what we are, wants us to go away, wants us to stop, just stop existing, and we've got to fight it, we can't lie down, we can't let them win, because they won't stop until we're gone, or they're defeated, wow, wow, I actually pumped myself up now, cool, (laughs) thank you for listening, I love you, goodbye. (laughs) 